Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Works For Us, where we talk to people about what works for them and their relationships, and of course, what doesn't. Okay, so the holiday season can be an absolutely magical time of year, but it can also be a very stressful time for many people because family time is amazing, but sometimes seeing lots of relatives all at once can be extremely overwhelming, which I have felt more times than I can imagine, than anyone can imagine. It's hard to enjoy your family's company sometimes if she's just going to grill you about your personal life, which inevitably happens, and it's hard to relax when your uncle won't stop talking about politics that you don't believe in. So how do we find a way to actually enjoy the season and keep our relationships intact? Well, today's guest, Dr. Darcy Sterling, is going to help us all figure this out. Dr. Darcy, as she's often called, is a licensed clinical social worker and is known for hosting E-Network's Famously Single. She's also the former global ambassador of Tinder. Dr. Darcy shares her New York City practice with her wife, Steph, a couples therapist, where they specialize in helping people thrive in their relationships. One of the most widely quoted relationship therapists in the country, Dr. Darcy frequently offers her expert advice to national outlets, including Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, Condé Nast, Huffington Post, and many more. Welcome to Works for Us. I'm very excited to talk to you today. You know, after 2020, I think people seeing their families now, they're grateful to have the opportunity after so long, some people two years now, right? Um, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. And in some ways it might even be harder. So like what, I guess, kinds of issues are most common when you're spending time with your families? And I mean, the holidays are obviously a time that everyone's together, but then I hear as many people excited to see their families as I hear dreading. A hundred percent. Right. It's, it's so interesting. The, the, um, the holidays to be clear, were challenging for people before the pandemic. Yeah, of course. There, it, people have historically been surprised to learn that shrinks have busy seasons. Yeah. This is the busy season. Oh, so yeah. basically from mid-October and certainly from end of October up until the end of the year, if I could clone myself three times over, yeah. I could fill three other shrinks caseloads. Wow. That's how many, I mean, because just my existing clients yep. want more support. I get, there's this influx from, of new clients that want to work with me. But on top of it, we're now dealing with this, this a real juxtaposition. And you said it perfectly when we first started talking, mm -hmm. you were like, there are lots of people who are excited, haven't seen their families in a year, maybe two years. And then there's but at the same time, it doesn't have to be an either or scenario. Yeah. People can chew gum and yes. walk at the same time yes. and recognize that it's great to be able to see our families again. And wow, last year, what a reprieve that was. Yep. Yep. What a breath of fresh air <laughs> that was. It was enforced. We didn't have to make up anything. No excuses. It, the, the amount of money, time, energy, focus, that it just takes to get through life, let alone the holiday season yep. and the extra social obligations and the extra everything yep. was taxing before the pandemic. Now, most of us are out of practice. Yep. Lots of us are out of practice yep. with it. I don't know what your pandemic life, what was your pandemic life My like? My pandemic life, I, you know, it's weird. I feel guilty saying it because I was so shook by what was happening in the world, right? But I really was you know, pandemic orthodox for less, for, for lack of a better term. Like I really didn't leave the house very much. I really didn't see people outside of my kids and my husband. And I didn't even see the closest members of my team for like three or four months in the beginning. So mm -hmm. I was really strict. Like I'm, I was a believer immediately. And when people were like, this is going to be over in two weeks, I'm booking my summer vacation. I was like, this is going to be two years. And wow. I, I knew it because that's how I've always looked at my life. I'm a Virgo and I'm also like, me too. Oh, so you understand. I don't have to tell you. So I totally I, understand everything's on a spreadsheet. It is. And, it, and it's very like, I immediately project the worst outcomes so that I'm not 
shocked by what happens because that and way yet you see the glass half full. Everything is possible. Yeah, I do. But I still trick myself into going, this is going to be two years. It's going to be great if it's six months, but in my mind, I'm already at the two years. So, mm-hmm. but here's the thing, as you and know, so I'm just curious, like, but my what pandemic was like life the, was lovely. No. What was it like when you first started socializing? Oh, when you first started seeing people, because that's resistant. what people are about to go. That's what people are about to go through in this holiday season. Well, here's the thing: what I've learned from a lot of my friends and people going through the pandemic. If you really are close with your nuclear family and happy at home, then the pandemic was nice for you. That when I say the pandemic, obviously taking out the tragedy. Three quarters and, of a million people right, dying. Right. And, I'm yeah. just saying as being like insular. Death aside. The, yes. Like all of the, the, the trauma. I'm just saying in the actual being for me, being able to stop and be able to, I was working like crazy, but never leaving my children. And that was heaven for me. Like I never get sick of them. I never don't mm. want to be with them. I never, I don't like to miss things with them. So for me to not have the, the, the pressure mm-hmm. of, of being pulled out was really nice. And I, you know, as I said, Raj and I have been together 30 years. We know how to be together in any scenario. And that's I was, amazing. But, that is really amazing. I, I literally, so did the pandemic impact your relationship at all? Um, I would say there were moments, the thing with Roger is like, he needs to get out and he needs to be in motion. So, um, my little son is like that too. They need to move. They, they get wiggles. They need to move antsy like crazy. So when Roger figured out that he could go on like three hour walks, that changed the game and we moved and we are in nature and we like have, we can like it, 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 there was an ability for him to work in one place all day and me work in another place all day and then come together for dinner, see each other in the morning. So it wasn't like we were on top of each other all day because at one point I was like, you need to go in another area. You just need to go in another area. I was like, because you walking all day and me hearing you pacing, I'm losing my mind. I was like, cause I'm here and I'm like this and I'm very Zen. And he was like, pacing above me. And then every once in a while, my little son would come in and like jump around me. And I was like zooming and you would see Caius going this way. And I'd hear Roger above me. And I was like, this isn't going to work. You need to go. in. This is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I did realize is that people in the pandemic either came out pregnant or divorced. (laughs) And I feel like there was a very very rare few that were the middle ground. And 100%. I, I think coming off of like basically 16 months of not seeing outside people, I think that Roger and I can pretty much survive anything. <laughs> Honestly, I said the same about uh, with my wife. I was like, yeah, you realize we can, we can sustain anything. Yeah. We, we, nothing will break us up unless one of us just decides to stop right, trying. Right. Like that's the jam. That I agree we though. Through this. I think this was, I think the pandemic was the biggest life test relationship test of anything for everybody because you mm-hmm. had no choice, but to be together. And right. Unless you were, unless God forbid you were separated. And I don't know what was worse. I, I had clients in both cohorts and it was bad for both of them. You know, my wife and I are in New York city. We had to rent. I had to rent a house. Yeah. There is no such thing <laughs> as social distancing in New York city. So it was impossible to do the pandemic in any sort of appropriate yeah, way. We used to it, live it, there. It's imp- I said to Roger, thank it, God it, we're not there right now. Uh, well, I was, we were out of here you know, quickly. We had, we have very good friends in Milan who were three weeks ahead of us. And when they started looking for a rental house, we started looking for a rental house and good because like we're both relationship therapists and like, 
I mean, I'm being sort of tongue in cheek and literal. How bad for the brand if one of us kills ourselves or somebody uh, or for each other? You know what I'm saying? Like the whole family income is predicated on us being relationship experts. Yes. And one of us was going down. Uh, it was not. Listen. We thought we spent a lot of time together before this pandemic because we because <laughs> we work together. Because, you know, lesbians, we can't spend enough time together. And people would say to us, how do you spend so much time together? And I would say, honestly, sometimes like we're in separate rooms, we share a waiting room. Sometimes we'll walk out to the waiting room to see our clients, look at each other, be wearing the same friggin' outfit. And like all of us laugh because I've not seen her all day long. We didn't realize like that we're literally dressed in the same outfit. That's amazing, by the way. And then it wasn't as on top of each other. We didn't know what on top of each other was until the pandemic. Yeah, I think there's a difference. Listen, I I think- I've always been more of a homebody because my work is so um, social. Part of my job is really like being at work events, like several nights a week and travel and this and that. And I think Roger has always really loved that part of his job where he likes to really get out like he does. And I'm really okay, like being home with my kids and they're still little. So I'm just holding on to every second. So for me, I looked at that time as a real gift. Um, and I think, listen, you know, like as you get older, you really wean certain people out of your life. And I think the pandemic was a way to really edit that, um, in a way. And I think really embrace your introvertedness if you are a secret introvert. So I I think, (laughs) you know, but I, I think for a lot of people, I had friends that were losing their minds. And then I had friends that were literally living for it and never wanted to like go back to real life again. And I and found then some people who only now, some people who are only now realizing, oh, wait, there were things I learned during that yes. pandemic. I don't want to give those things up. Yes. And that sort of in, in leading up to the holidays, there is this all of this pressure yes. around the holidays. And what I'm hearing from so many of my clients and the outpouring of people wanting to work with me that, you know, only because it's the busy season, not because I'm some kind of fabulous therapist no, or anything. I think you're probably a fabulous but, therapist. Well, thank you. Because um, <laughs> there are plenty. Me, so the fact that they want you, you clearly I mean, are doing something whole- right. That's kind of you, but the whole world went into a critical, like a a traumatic event together and people who didn't even contemplate therapy before 2020 began seeking it out. And so what I'm hearing from so many people is like, wait, is there like a way to do this holiday season without having to do what like without it pretending it's 2019 all over again. Right. It's, it's a hard, yes. And I, I imagine it's funny. I was just going to ask you like, what is the most common thing that people are really coming in? Like help. I don't know how to go back to my life. I really enjoyed zooming with my family instead of being with my family. Or is there a way that you can baby step into that? Cause I don't know how you do that. So, so I think that's just it. This is the first holiday season that people are literally that that for people who were orthodox like you yeah. were and I was yeah. during the pandemic. That's such a great way, by the way, of describing it. <laughs> My parents said orthodox. it. They said there's orthodox conservative and and reformed right now. And atheists. Yeah. Atheists uh, who think that they've done the research and have confirmed that there's no such thing as a problem or a pandemic. Nothing. Nothing. Because because all these people have died of thin air. I I just can't. So so I, I think that because it's the first holiday season, I don't think that we have exactly honed in on what exactly are the compromises. I think that in eight weeks, we're going to know what the compromises could have been. Um, But imagining like looking forward and imagining what those, what those compromises are. I mean, for sure, if it's possible, look, anytime we go back to the family unit, I don't know if you have this experience, but I unfortunately do. I regress back to my birth order. I'm the youngest. (laughs) I immediately turn into a 16 year old who has an attitude. I mean, and I'm really, I'm a pretty agreeable person. Like I'm a people pleaser. I like to over deliver and under promise. I am. I do all my shit. All my stuff gets done. Nobody has to micromanage me, although I do appreciate it when people try. And, you know, it's just uh, so 
coming into the family unit, we do have a propensity to fall into the familial role that we left as. And that is incredibly stressful, whether the family is projecting that role onto us, meaning are they imagining that we're the same person we were when we were living at home while living under the same roof? Do they not see us clearly as the adults that we are? Or do we literally kind of fall back into that old role? It's incredibly stressful. So my first go-to with people is telling them, like, honestly, don't stay with family if you don't have to, because it's better to enjoy the company. And I know that this is like- I agree. I agree 100%. This is a huge breach for a- I get that this is a huge breach for a lot of families. I mean, my family was dead against it until I got like- until I got a stomach flu one year. And I was like, now, now will you let me stay in a hotel? Now that I'm disgusting, can I now stay in a hotel instead of with you so that when I'm clean and and no longer a walking plague, I can come visit and we can have a nice time together instead of, you know, I love my sister, but those kids woke me up at 6 a.m. every morning when I used to stay there when they were little. And like, I just needed, I needed sleep. So- I really encourage people to stay at a local hotel if they're the ones who are traveling back home. Okay, so if you're struggling to think of gift ideas for that person in your life who seems to have absolutely everything, I have a suggestion. Surprise them with a new pair of Raycon wireless earbuds. I absolutely love my Raycons because even though I love working from home, sometimes I need to find a way to quickly focus on work. And that is not always easy at home, as many of you probably know. Popping in my Raycons allows me to listen to all of my favorite music and get simultaneously inspired and, of course, focused. Plus, they have seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise-isolating fit. The audio quality is amazing and very comparable to what you get from other premium brands, but Raycons start at half the price. And these earbuds are truly next level. The new everyday earbuds come with three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. For listening to this podcast, I'd suggest using pure or balanced mode and switching to bass mode when you're listening to your favorite workout music. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime and 32 hour battery life. There's also a built-in mic and you can take calls in your earbuds at the press of a button. So this holiday season, get them something they can use for calls or music for work or play at home or on the go, or pick up a pair for yourself. Trust me, you're going to use them every day. Go to buyraycon.com slash Zoe today to unlock exclusive deals up to 30% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is available for a limited time only and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash Zoe to unlock up to 30% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Zoe. Can I tell you something? I have now for the last at least five years, maybe more. I am so close with my family. They live across the country. They're in New York and Florida and I'm in, and I'm in California and I'm from New York, but like, it's the weirdest thing because I don't think we've all ever been closer. And I think, I think what I learned and stood my ground on about five years ago or more now is that even when we're together in the summer, and they're always like, come stay here. We have so much room. Blah, blah. I literally said to Roger, I think it's really best for everyone involved mm-hmm. that we have our own place. And why has it worked for you that it way? It has really worked because there are boundaries. And I think especially when you have your own children, I think that there is, and when I tell you I have the best case scenario of a family. Like that's a thing. Like I am so blessed. I really am. And I'm so aware of that, but I do realize it's different when they come here because it's short. It's like they come for like five days or whatever, and everything's great. Six, seven days, whatever. But when we go there for the summer, it's months. Right. And Mm -hmm. I've just realized that when we have our own place, you can exist in your own space. You can jump in, you can jump out. You can take a few hours off. You can, you can, you can roll alone and you can roll together. But I think at the end of the day, part of the family drama gets created when there's no separation and you can't walk out of the room. 
I think there's something about having personal space that uh, just gives us all a minute. It's like having a dressing room, yes, you know, yes. on set. It's literally like being able to just escape into a closet for an hour or two, get yourself together, have whatever emotions you need to have, and then come back and they get to see the better version of you. I would like to teach a class on personal space. That's how much I believe in personal space. I actually am such an advocate for the importance and necessity, literally, of personal space. And when I met my husband, when I met Roger, the first thing that I had an issue with, with his family, was the lack of respect for personal space. There was like a, it was sort of, you know, that people just linger. They linger. And they come and they linger and they don't leave. And like he has friends that don't leave. And I'm like, it's so are we real talking to they me. Come, are they, do they, are we talking like they come for a weekend and don't go home or they come for the night and it's two in the morning it's and they haven't left? just, there is. And here's the thing in all of these people's defense, I think, and you probably know this as an actual professional, the people that don't have a respect for personal space are people that don't require personal space. A hundred. So I am extra, extra respectful of boundaries and personal space because I'm so obsessed with personal space. I need personal space. And it's like, it's something that I find to be so important. And it's weird because I actually love being the people that are in my circle, I want to be with them all the time. Like I don't travel by myself. I don't, I rarely stay home by myself, but yet I really want that personal alone time. But I want to know you're still in the house over there. You know, right. like, it's the weirdest thing, but I find that there's people that don't know when to leave. And that's like always an issue for me, you know, or like, I see you want to be alone, but I'm still going to come over there anyway. Right. I don't understand that. I truly don't understand that either. I mean, and I can be incredibly direct and I will be if I, if I, (laughs) if I need to be, I'll I'll literally, I, so we are the house that always hosts and the Thanksgiving before the pandemic, when you talk about people lingering, and I actually am touched by this because people don't do it overnight. As long as it's just in one day, I can handle it. I can tolerate it. But my guests stayed so long that at two in the morning, I fell asleep on the floor, leaning into the coffee table with a glass of wine in my hand. So that happens. Yeah. And they didn't take the hint. They were probably still there when you were. No, they kept talking till four. My wife said, (laughs) she told me they didn't leave till four. And and I'm, I'm flattered by that because I do feel like I make a, I want to make a warm, warm home. I want to make a welcoming home. Um, I think personal space is so important on the holidays And I also think it's important that, look, we have never been a more tribal and divided country than we are right now. I was literally just going to ask you about what you do in, God, we're very connected, aren't we? There goes, girl. Listen, birds of a feather. Um, What do you do? I'm very fortunate because my family is so left. So, and blue. And my mom like went to Berkeley and was like protesting and got arrested. You know, she's like, not now. Now she just looks like a Jewish Elizabeth Taylor, but I she mean, is honestly, still. Honestly, Rachel, there's like between your loving nuclear family that <laughs> is like the ideal family. And I'm just salivating over that. And now you're telling me they're oh, all Oh, we still got I, shit. I, just, Listen, I don't know. No one's I don't perfect. Know. Really? Uh, no, no, no. But like, we don't, the reason, but listen, they have friends that are like family that are very right. And so- there's been a huge issue over the last couple of years with disconnecting with friends. There's friends that Roger and I have that we always would invite over for our holidays that are so red and just, we can't, I literally said to Roger, like, here's the thing. I have no issues with blue and red. I have issues with a certain person. And, and so my issue is that if you, without getting too deep into it, but like, if you're someone that loves and respects said person, that's a bigger issue. I can't have you over for the holiday because I'm going to get really fiery about this. The holidays are finally here. This year, give yourself the gift of extra money in your pocket. Pay off your credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. 
Lightstream makes it possible for you to roll your high interest credit card payments into just one payment at a lower fixed rate. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have rates as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000. Seriously, there are no fees and you can even get your money as soon as the day before you apply. So take control of your finances this holiday season. And Lightstream has a special discount for Works For Us listeners. Apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Zoe. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Zoe, Z-O-E. Subject to credit approval. Rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Zoe for more information. So it's, it's about who the person supports Politically for you in the, in this particular season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I not, hear you. It's not about Republican and Democrat. Like, yes, I'm a, I'm a Democrat. I've always have been, I grew up that way, but like, if you're a Republican, that's a, I'm not going to, I'm not mad at you for that. It's just having respect for a certain person that I feel, you know, should not be respected. Right. I understand. <laughs> we're, we're, the, the, the dog whistle is blaring. Yeah. I mean, And I'm with you on that. I will tell you, so I feel torn professionally and personally because I'm living through the same era that everybody else is living through. And I didn't think it could get more divided than we were in 2016. I know, it's crazy. It turns out we, like, every time I think that we've hit a bottom, it turns out there's a basement door that we can go into. Sure. And so I, I am concerned both professionally morally and as a citizen and as an individual for what our world looks like if we don't find a way to come together. Yeah, I, I agree. It worries me. It concerns me. You know, I, I, I have struggled myself with people, particularly homophobic people. That's always easy for me as a gay person. It's a very easy line for me to draw in the sand, but it seems to me like it's not getting better. Those sorts of bottom lines have only created greater divisions. And I think we have to find a way to talk. Well, what do you do about that? Speaking of that, what do you do when you have a homophobic relative at at dinner who's disapproving and and you're trying, you're, you're a child trying to come out or you're a, a, an adult trying to come out at a holiday or came out and they're in denial. What happens? You must get this all that, not you. I mean, like in your practice, I can only imagine. <laughs> no, I, I mean. Cause that makes me mental too. I think I want to use a different analogy that is less close to my heart okay. so that I can be more professional okay. than personal. Fair. So let's just imagine your scenario because it's a very understandable and common yes. scenario where like, you know, somebody voted for a certain person who mm-hmm. we will not name. And we the fact that they could bypass all the data points that everybody knows to be true about what that person has done who that person is disregarded and that what that person's motivations are, they were still able to cobble up the, the internal support to vote for that person. I think that's a very common scenario that people are in right now. And I guess what I would encourage people to do is, you know, communication 101 involves mirroring and validating people's perspectives. And before you vomit in your mouth, let me just lean into this. I think we have to try and dismantle some of our presuppositions, some of our biases about who our family members are, because they don't even have to say the full sentences. 
for us to fill in the subtext. We see the raised eyebrow if they're not like completely Botoxed. Right. You know, we see them totally. raising the eyebrow. We see them squinting their eyes. We, we hear the huff or the arms are crossed in front of them. The body language communicates so much to us oh, yeah. and we fill in all the rest. We fill in this whole narrative about what that all means. But if you can get beneath the the ways in which the needs manifest and just get to the human emotion and try and connect to that. If that doesn't sound too aspirational, I mean, I don't know what the alternative is. Can we really cut any more people out of our lives? So we're obviously exploring this theme a lot today, but we know the holidays can be really, really tough for people. The family dynamics, additional expenses, and travel can be completely overwhelming for so many. So if you're struggling right now, you are most definitely not alone. But I will say talking to a professional who can help you manage your stress is absolutely essential now more than ever. And if you're looking for a great online therapy option, I cannot recommend Talkspace enough. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform. There are thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and so much more. They will pair you with a therapist who's right for your needs, who can help you process significant life changes and anything else that may be overwhelming you right now. Truly, there is not an easier option than Talkspace. Talkspace works around your schedule at your convenience with live video sessions and unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist. Getting matched with a licensed professional therapist who will always keep your information secure and safe is no longer a chore thanks to Talkspace. You can set your goals with your Talkspace therapist and develop techniques to cope in difficult times. And honestly, that's how therapy has always benefited me most, by offering me the tools so that I can manage what overwhelms me with much greater ease. If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year or want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code WORKS. That's $100 off when you use code WORKS at Talkspace.com. Curator is the premier shopping membership created by me, Rachel Zhou. In addition to so many other benefits, members earn access to The Shop, an exclusive e-commerce marketplace offering hundreds of pre-approved products by yours truly, from clean beauty to glamorous accessories and beyond, by the most coveted emerging and established brands. Best of all, members unlock deeply discounted pricing of up to 60% off. Shop brands like Gucci, Kate Spade, New York, Missoni Home, Marc Jacobs Beauty, and many, many more. The Shop membership is the most accessible and flexible membership option, inviting you into the curator world of insider-only access and discounts for only $40 to start. In addition to saving up to 60%, Members also earn $50 in rewards every three months. Do you believe that? Luxurious new products are added daily and just in time for holiday shopping to get your friends and family exceptional gifts at unbeatable prices. This season, let the shop be your one-stop shopping marketplace. Join the membership today at curator.com and use the code WORKS20 for an additional 20% off. That's C-U-R- A-T-E-U-R dot com and use code WORKS20. Well, yeah, the alternative is, you know, I have a very dear friend who, you know, doesn't believe you, you know, you didn't get to choose your family and he, he doesn't, I'm not saying it's the right thing, but he's like, we don't see eye to eye on one thing. I see no reason to spend my time there, you know, and he's really lived his life. Okay. With that. I mean, he's been in therapy forever, but you know, but I think, but I think there's layers, right. And ultimately I think one thing we've probably come out of the pandemic is probably doing what makes you feel good and doing Mm -hmm. what makes you happy. But then, um, contrary to that, I would say to hold on to every second with your family, if, you're happy when you're with them. Ultimately, if you can find moments of happiness, that's the thing. And I think if I'll be honest with you, I think if you can't, 
don't do it. Be with I your agree. friends. Be with the people that make you happy. Life's too short. Absolutely. If, if, if I was walking into a lion's den with my family, honestly, I, I will be dead honest with you. I don't think I'd go. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd go. I'd say, let's Zoom this year. I'm going to like stay here with my friends or whatever. Just because mm-hmm. why do it at this point? Like, seriously, why do it? Like, it's like, if you don't feel good, it's not making your kids feel good. Like what, what's anybody doing? And I think for me, I would actually take the opposite way and say, like, I think you have to do what works best for you. I think everyone in this life deserves to be happy. And I think to put yourself in situations where you're unhappy, knowingly, why are you doing that? Is it the right thing to do? It's not about it being the right thing to do. I think that if you think about people on a bell curve, you've got the tail ends, the people who are like blissfully happy, yeah. really happy with sure. their families like yours and people who are really unhappy with their families. But I think most people fall in the middle right. with moments. Right. Of, and of it's just the right thing to do. And this is what we do. It's not even about it being right and wrong. Here's the thing. Relation, what I have learned, you know, my wife, Steph, this is my second marriage. My first marriage didn't end because I was gay. It ended because it ended. Because right. we decided to stop trying. What I what I will say, and it was a nothing fight that led to that. What I will say is that there are, relationships are very fragile. They're very fragile and we don't always know what is going to be the thing that is going to cause the house of cards to come tumbling totally. down. Hundred percent, and I don't think most people are at the extreme of your friend or of you, right. where they where they adore their family or where like they listen. My mother just passed away two years ago. Two years ago. Two months ago. Oh, gosh. so sorry. Thank you. Oh. I was not going to go to her funeral, and she knew it because of my family. So I'm telling you the. Because I'm on the other, I'm in, I'm in the camp with your brother. I'm not your brother with your, with With your friend. friend. I'm in that camp. I have a very unique family dynamic that has wrought. Hence your profession. Hence that probably pushed you into this. Of course it did. Of course it did. I didn't want other people to feel the pain that I felt. I felt that if I had just had a little bit of guidance, perhaps my life would have been a little bit easier. Look how it's helped you help so many people. It has. And, and it's, but, and notwithstanding my, so I've been doing this 26 years. Is it weird that you look 26? Oh, thanks, Rachel. So moreover was the outfit. Okay. That the we have to talk about epic. when we're done. Oh, okay. The fact Thank that you're you. giving me one shoulder right now is great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay, I'm so touched because the anxiety attack I had before no, was it's a I whole love it. I think it's all working. Great brows, great sweater, great shoulder. Thanks. It's great. All great. So, all working. So notwithstanding the fact that I've been working 26 years, I don't think I've encouraged five people to step away from their families. Right. Because 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 once you do that, it's really hard to go back. And yeah. some family members won't take you back. No, it's so true. I just I I don't think most people are in the extreme with your friend and me mm-hmm. or with you. Right. I think most people fall into that bell curve. And I think we I for those people, look, for those people who just want a break from the Cirrus, from from mm-hmm. the aggravation mm-hmm. and and uh drama of the holidays. This is still a great excuse. We're still yeah. in a pandemic. No, no, totally. Just, just I agree. Zoom it. Just I like agree. you said, I zoom agree. it. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to go in person and you want to try and bridge the gap between where they are and where you are, if you try and dial up the curiosity and just pretend you're like, I don't know, play. I like to play mind games with myself. I find that that's uh, an easier way than muscling through emotional I do I do and behavioral things that I don't want to do. So I would probably pretend that I'm like a journalist and I'm getting the person's story of how they fell into right. their belief system. And I'm trying and I'm doing it with the conscious intention of finding common ground, of trying to soften. So maybe the way Uncle Dick's politics manifest today are reprehensible to me, but where they started makes sense to me. Well, if yeah, I can get that I, here's the thing. I think there comes a point in your life where you say, 
this person isn't changing. So I'm either going to try and change them and keep failing, or I'm going to accept them and find a way to hold a normal conversation without it going to a dark place. Right. And I think that, um, I, I also want to say, well, my family is best case scenario. No family's perfect. I do want to say that on record, meaning like my mom and I live and die for each other. Do we bicker about something once a day? Of course we do. Do we make up in 30 seconds? Of course we do. I've gotten in two fights with my dad my whole life. He walks on water, right? My sister and I have gotten in three fights in 30 years, but those fights were pretty gnarly. Like it's, there, there is shit, you know what I mean? There's still stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I have found to work for me, which I really suggest strongly is that if you deeply love your family and you want to figure out a way to make it work, but you get irritated as F every time you're with them. And I'm not saying that happens, but it is inevitable with most families that are on top of each other for a long period of time. Because I think that there is a reason that adults are not meant to live with their parents at a certain <laughs> point. And I literally, I have been a believer of that since I graduated college, because I realized, you know, in LA, you find more than any other place that kids graduate college and they come back and live with mom and dad here because it's such a great life here, right? Like they're like, why don't I live in their big house? Why would I live in an apartment in God knows where California when I could really live here until I get married or whatever it is or make enough money to, to move on. But what I find for me, make it, figure out how it works for you. Jump in, jump out, make the visit three days on five mm -hmm. days off. Like, like fish, right. Fish lasts for three days. That's a really good I time think, frame I for really family. I really think it works. Like if you're staying with them, make it a short, jump out, come back again. Don't mm -hmm. do the 10 day stay living with everybody on top of everybody. Cause nobody is meant to, in my opinion, I don't want to say nobody for the most part, most, most of us need space. Most people can't have two to four kids and then live with their siblings with their two to four kids in mom and dad's house for two weeks. It's just not like it was when you were 10. It's just and, not. And I know, and I do know that one of the motivations behind people doing that is that they're already taking time off. A lot of companies close the yeah, whole yeah, week yeah, between Christmas. Course. But you can't make, I mean, it's bad enough that New Yorkers and people in LA make make relationship decisions based on rent and real estate. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? No, it's true. It's a lot of it comes we, down to budget. Yes. That we we wind up living together because yes, of why would we each spend three thousand a month on it's rent? True. We could spend five thousand yeah. and have a really it's nice true. place. Hundred percent. You know, it's bad enough that we do that based on based on finances. We we have to draw the line somewhere and and your mental health and the relationships they have to be a priority over your desire to save money or like you're already schlepping out there you're already going out there for three days you might as well just stay a long also, weekend also leave your kids with your parents that's the thing your children your children should have as much time with their grandparents. My parents. Said completely altruistically, right? Not parents, at all for your own sanity. No, literally, Roger and I are going away this, this Christmas. We're not leaving the kids, but we almost, I never leave them electively, truth be told. Roger would like to leave them for at least three to four nights. But, um, but, but the truth is my parents said, leave them with us and go somewhere. My parents would live and die for it. But I can't leave them for more than three nights. I just can't. But I do think that it is important if they are good grandparents, that your children get as much quality time and don't put judgment on your parents. Don't, don't put the grandparent judgment, if that makes sense. Don't assume that they are with your children the way they were with you. Cause they're not, right. they're totally right. different. And totally some people different. really resent that. I know. They're like, you know what? My <laughs> parents are amazing grandparents, worst parents ever. They love being grandparents. It's actually and their favorite job in life. It's easier. Of it's course easier it is. You get all the good. Right. And you they go home. Yes. You you then take them, those yes. kids away. Yes. And so it's easier. And that's what you and I are saying, Rachel. We're saying show up in small spurts when you can be your best self. Don't stay Agreed. if you can, if you can manage yes. to stay in a hotel with, with somebody or with other else. friends, 
Yeah, try not to stay in the family house so that the moments that you spend with them will be more, you'll be a better version of yourself than you would be if they were with you 24-7. And that's why they're better grandparents in in a lot of cases than they were parents because we can all do better. Think of how we are at the beginning of a relationship. We date and we show up great. You're never seeing a better version of somebody than the ber- version you get the first three months that you're with that person. Hundred, well, that's like the honeymoon. That's the honeymoon mm-hmm. phase. And and if that's not good enough for you, like I've always said, the Barney sample sale, examine that dress because once you take it home, it's not turning into jeans. If the version <laughs> of the person you're dating is not good enough in the first three months, that's as good as it's getting, sister. By the way, I just said that to somebody very close to me who is going to remain nameless for the sake of this podcast. But I would say, I said, you're already thinking about therapy. You're not even engaged. Are you okay? This is not going to work. Like this is, su- this is Can supposed I to be like blissful that? right now. Can I just, just well, but here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, they're not even engaged, which means they're in the second stage of the relationship. The first stage is the honeymoon stage. The second stage I call organic love, which is where we've built up the trust. The makeup is off. The makeup is off. Right, that we can be humans around each other. And and all the neural chemicals that our brains were high on for the first stage of the relationship, they're going away. And suddenly the things that we thought were cute about them are driving us crazy. Right. And we're testing each other. We begin to try and be individuals in the relationship and push back. And and the bickering begins. Most relationships live and die in that second stage. Right. They never get to the third stage. A billion percent. And the reason why is because they we, we're not taught relationship skills, Rachel. That is the reason. Most people are not taught how to have an appropriate fight, how to communicate effectively, how to ask for space, especially it's women. That's true. And so, you know, I, my childhood best friend. Oh, see, I find women very- can't, I find, wi- I find men can't communicate. They just don't say anything. Right. Well, because we beat it out of them emotionally. We don't let them have emotional range. We tell them not to cry. They're a boy. We tell them to toughen up. Roger cries more than me. Just saying. It's okay. I love that. So does Steph and she's a dyke. Anyway, um, and plays ice hockey on men's teams. So the honeymoon stage I mean, if you're a lesbian, you're out of that in three to six months, nine months at the tops, because we live together from right. date, date sure. second date on, sure. and we burn right through that beauty. Right. Um, if you're hetero, you could make you could milk that for like up to a year and a half, I yeah. think. Yeah. But then after that, which I'm sure your friend is at, if she's thinking engagement, mm-hmm. you're in this organic love stage where you are in love, but you don't have the skills. It's organic. It's raw. It's not refined. You want to get to the mindful love stage, which is that third stage of relationship, which is where you you have learned the relationship skills. You know how to navigate each other's idiosyncrasies and quirks. You know, when Roger's pacing up and down, like over your head, you're like, okay, it's time to go on Realtor.com and find a rental place. You understand. We just know our shit. Like you I just under- know how to right. deal with him. That's the other it's not thing. that we don't have shit. I just know how to right. deal with it. It's just about. I know when to walk we, away. We we have to <laughs> knowing yourself. That's why you know it's so great to meet people later in life. In yes, because you know your stuff. It's so much easier it because you easier. can guide the partner and they can guide you on them. You also like know what you want, know what you don't want. You know what you'll deal with. You know what you won't. You know yourself well enough to know kind of like this is the yin to my yang or this really is not because this is never going to work for me. I don't operate that way. When you're in your 20s, you don't totally know at all how you operate and you don't admit how you operate, you know? Right. <laughs> it's it's shrouded in shame because we we know we know what we're supposed to be like. Of course. We've got the young the young adult to-do list. Totally. We're trying to check all those boxes and the truth of the matter is that we're aware that there is a disconnect between where we where we'd like to be and how we actually feel and we deny it and it takes about i don't know 10 20 years for most of us to reconnect to our authentic parts 100% and, 
and then be able to embrace them in a way that that works for us and doesn't make us a slacker in society. We can still be a happy human. Now, I don't want to end on a sad note, but I want to ask you one last thing. I, I want to ask you one last thing that I think is really important coming off the last year and a half. And I just feel like I wouldn't be doing our listeners justice without bringing this up. But I think grief at this point in life and the world we live in is probably more prevalent than it's ever been for not just COVID reasons, but obviously that is probably the biggest layer that's been added on to our society and our world. I have countless friends that lost loved ones and friends from COVID um, mm -hmm. around the world. Um, but I think what I want to bring up, because I think something about holidays, again, joyful, painful, this, that, the other thing. But I think grief is just for some people around the holidays, the absolute hardest thing to get through. Um, what is your kind of number one uh, piece of advice, I guess, to really try and help people get through this? I know there's no formula because everyone grieves differently, but. Professionally, personally, in every aspect of my life is that when I'm feeling something, when somebody is feeling an emotion that is uncomfortable, if I, tr if, if we try to mute it, we basically invite it to hang out for a week right. or longer or longer. I am yeah. a big proponent of allow letting the steam out of the valve in small amounts as often as you can. None of us want to grieve. There's something very counterintuitive about it. Sure. And I, you know, and we all have our own ways of coping with not wanting to feel negative emotions. Some people self-medicate, overwork. That's my drug of choice. How about you? Same, same. Um, I same. didn't even have to ask the question. Yeah, I knew duh. the answer. Um, it, you know, we all have, do some people distract themselves being online, shopping, video games, whatever their jam is to develop the discipline and the practice, which sounds like those, they sound like they're oxymorons, but they, they're the same thing. No, they are the same thing. To just drop into it five minutes a day and let yourself be in the moment and have the emotion that you're feeling. And I know that a lot of people, that'll sound incomprehensible. So what I can suggest is just five minutes a day, open up a blank document on your computer, close your eyes and let every word that enters your head regarding the grief that you're feeling or the mourning that you're, that you're feeling, let it, let it out. Set a timer. If you're afraid that you're going to fall into it. Most of us who avoid it are afraid of falling into a black hole. Yeah, We're course. afraid that once we start, we're never going to come out. And I can tell you what, what someone once told me, Darcy, I've never met a person who started crying, who didn't stop. Right. You know what? Right. And, and so you do come out of it. You have to grief has to come out. Right. We have to try. It doesn't and, go away. It does not we, go it away. It shifts over time. It shifts over time. I mean, you know, I feel better today than I did two months ago, yeah, but course. differently, differently. And, you know, I, and, you know, but holidays are tough. Yeah. It was my first Thanksgiving without her. Yeah, of course. And, and so what, what I think the most difficult thing to do is to address a problem before it's handicapped you. Yeah. Most of us don't want to work out until that three sure, pounds is course. 15 pounds. Most it's of being, us, it's being proactive with it. It is. And I'm telling you, like I have seen what it does to people and it can cripple you if you don't find a way to let it out. Maybe you go on a walk an hour every morning, sure. you know, these sound like such basic things. No, but they I work. actually, I actually think they're underrated actually. Like I actually believe that, you know, I, I, Roger started walking during the pandemic and it, it was, it was game changing for him. Mm -hmm. Like he would just have all this like stress and this and that. And like, he would literally go walk and do all his calls for like an hour and a half, two hours, came back, literally a new person. That's it's, amazing. It's, it's really, and you think you find the thing, you find the thing, whatever you it is. You have to find the thing. So if you don't choose to deal with it now, 
it can and likely will bite you in the tush at some point down the road. And I don't know about you, but I would rather deal with it when I'm expecting to have to deal with of it. Of course. Then, then I got to prepare for, I got to prepare for the preparation. hundred percent. It's got to go on the spreadsheet, right? Like we have to schedule it. Hundred, 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 hundred. That's why we do it that of way. Course. I mean, we have to try and let some of it out because it's human. It's human. And you're not going to fall down a black hole. You will come out but you have to let the the steam, the pressure out of the valve but every day. Well, I love talking to you. This was so great. And a fun fact I probably should share with you. It was, I was a sociology and psychology major in college. And it, I got straight A's always because it was the thing I was most interested in. And one may argue I have used these skills throughout my career. I bet. Oh, I can <laughs> only imagine. Let me just say, you bartenders, hairdressers, big <laughs> yes. artists. Yes. You guys are the unofficial or closet Sykes. <laughs> you, you are absolute. Uh, we are really, we are. That's why I always say like unofficially hundred percent. Like I yeah. will look at my older son and be like, I know what you're thinking and be like, why? He's like, why do you always know what I'm thinking? I'm like, because you're me as a boy, a and B because this is what I know. I literally know. I can see it. I can see where you're going. I can see what you're quietly doing there. I know what you're going to do next. Because and it's the when funniest you're thing. People, they're not going to necessarily tell you how they feel. No. So you've learned to read their face. Hundreds. You've learned to read the room. It's an instinct. I mean, I think all, all women definitely have it, but I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely come in handy, but you're yeah. awesome. I, and you look great. Thank you so much. I love you talking to you. This is well. so fun. This is so much fun. You're so yes. Fun. We should do it again. Yes. I would Next love to. You're good at this stuff. Triple vaxxed. Triple vaxxed. I'm almost triple vaxxed. I'm currently double. I will be triple by the end of next week. I know. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be triple by Friday. Yeah. So by the time you come back for your three month hiatus, done and done. you come to the Sterling house. We'll do you right. I love it. Well, it's such a pleasure. Have an awesome holiday. Thank so good you. to talk to you. Thank you for all this insight. I know that my, my listeners will love this as much as I do. So thank you and have a wonderful holiday. My pleasure. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Bye. I thought that was a pretty incredible episode. And for me, it's always so, it's such a treat because I really don't pretend to be an expert, even though I kind of feel like an expert in a lot of ways in relationships, because I feel like sometimes the sort of on the ground training and the years and years of going through relationships with my friends and um, so going through so many divorces and things like that, I just kind of feel like you ultimately become somewhat of an unofficial expert. But I think when you actually get to talk to an expert, you get to really learn on a much deeper level, what things mean. And even just as I speak about marriage and relationships and how I kind of say, oh, you just figure out how to deal with it. Or you understand each other. Or are you this, that she's like, it's phase two, it's phase three, it's, fa you know, so it's interesting because I think as someone who did major in sociology and psychology, I think for me, it's always great to be the unofficial expert, speaking to an official expert and really learning the sort of, you know, the real inner workings um, behind all of the relationships and the drama. And, you know, but I do think there is no right and wrong in how you approach relationships. And I think as it comes to your family, there's so many schools of thought on how to deal with family and so I hope that today's episode um, really helped you navigate your own family experience, um, good, bad, the ugly, um, and hopefully everybody's will get a little better this season, um, if it's not already wonderful. Um, and also how to deal with grief a little bit, because I think so many people really are more than ever dealing with grief of all different kinds um, and just how to navigate your life after, you know, losing a loved one. So if you liked what you heard so far, please make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and of course, a great review, please. And keep listening and check us out on our Instagram at atworks.4.us. 
Also, tell us your story. There is now a Works For Us phone line that you can call to leave us a message with your very own relationship stories, and we're planning to share our favorites on the podcast. You can also ask us relationship advice, although I can't stress enough that we're not experts, but we'll still take your questions. So if you want to share your story or ask us a question, give us a call at 657-549-2251. That's 657-549-2251. You can also find all of our contact info on our Instagram at works.for.us. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.